You're not listening to Afrobeat Radio, a public affairs program presenting African perspectives on global issues. I am your host, Wuyi Jacobs. Our guest, Dr. Mima S. Nedelkovic, President and CEO of the Initiative for Global Development, IGD, a non-profit organization that engages corporate leaders to reduce poverty through business growth and investment in Africa. Welcome to Afrobeat Radio, Dr. Nedelkovic. Thank you, Wei. Pleased to be here. You have had a long relationship with Africa. Can you tell us a little about that relationship and what it has meant to you? Certainly. Uh, my relationship you know, goes back to uh, childhood. I grew up my first 10 years in Ethiopia. I'm originally from the old Yugoslavia. So much of the early interest on the continent was formed, obviously, through my childhood. Uh, beyond that, I spent more than half my life somewhere on the continent. I had lived in Abidjan seven, eight years as a U.S. Executive Director of the African Development Bank back in late 80s, early 90s. Lived in Libreville, Gabon, Morocco, all parts of the continent. So it has been really, for me, a personal relationship uh, digging way back to day one. And that is why I'm always excited to speak about Africa and its potential. Tell our listeners about the Initiative for Global Development. I would be happy to. The uh, IGD initiative began about uh, 12 years ago out of Seattle. It was a number of businesses that came together to say, okay, what do we as business leaders do about development in the world? Uh, over time, the involvement got more and more into Africa. We started in 2008 then a uh, network, what we call the IGD Frontier 100 Leaders Network, comprised of the African-born and bred businesses that were growing up. This is what we've seen in the last 10 years. Big change on the continent has been the African businesses rising. So for us, our network, while it's a global business network, it's very much focused on our investments in Africa and always more than half of our membership are in fact African-born businesses and business leaders. Within the network itself, we have sort of three programs we're keen on. We do convenings, one in the U.S., one in Africa. Uh, we call it for the 100 Network uh, Forum. This year is going to be in Durban. It's always connected with the World Economic Forum in Africa. We do one in the U.S., usually in Washington. We have a whole thought leadership program that we're involved in, and then there is a big program in advisory. We work with a number of different foundations uh, and our corporate members looking always at the African business voice and the role of African business and development on the continent. That really is a core part of our programming. And uh, what would you say has been the, the kinds of impact that you have had um, in the time that IGD has been building economic relationship in Africa or between Africa and the United States? You know, the, the biggest part uh, we has been really focusing, while we're U.S.-based, you know, we're world-centric and very much Africa-focused. We're really looking at bringing the best of business experiences worldwide or continent-wide to the continent. It doesn't matter whether the best examples are coming from Zambia or, or Senegal or if they're coming out of Europe or the U.S., what we want to do is, okay, the business approach to development, that really is what's going to be driving the development of the continent. 
we're seeing right now a very mature African business sector that really in some sense is almost more mature in the political sector that is looking at catching up with us. And that really has been our main role. That's really where the advocacy part comes in. And that's really where we're really pushing, whether it's the discussions with the with global development, you know, the SDGs, whether it's discussions among the donors, whether it's discussion among the African political leaders. It's always making sure that it's really the business voice and especially the African business voice that has a, has a seat at that table in those discussions. I'm really interested in how your work has had um, impact on people directly. You know, how does your work benefit not just Africans on the continent, uh, you've mentioned business people, but possibly ordinary people, but also Americans as well. How 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 does your work? How do you uh, manage that relationship and and the impact that you you generate? Very very important question. And in fact, one which is now leading us this year to launch what we call the Africa Investment Horizon campaign, and that is very much focused also not only just on the African side but the American side to let people know what in reality is really happening on the continent. While we you know, will be the first to admit that there's all kinds of issues still going on on the continent, I mean, it's, it's a new continent, we've got social issues, we've got poverty, we still have wars. However, that's not all that we have. We're also having more and more countries, more and more regions and sub-regions getting it right, where you've had political stability, You've had the opportunity for business to be able to invest, economies to be able to grow. And that's the only way in the end, if you look at what our underlying goal is all about, it's really about having sustainable growth and inclusive growth. That's the only way that people are going to come out of poverty. It's really getting those sort of investments. And that's really where we're making a difference, where our companies are saying, right, what we're doing and how we're investing is in such a way that we want to be sure that we're bringing the communities along with us. So when we look at, um, let's say, our, our uh, social responsibility programs and the content with our companies, the focus is not just on schools, just on clinics. It's really looking at how do we impact broadly on the, on the whole sort of community fiber in making the sustainable kind of changes. That's really what we're all about. So you have this interesting project that you have been doing. You, you mentioned African Rising and its relationship to farming in Africa. I have a soft spot for agriculture, and I think that it's a very important. It plays a very important role, and can continue to play a very important role, particularly in the relationships between Africans and on the continent and Americans um, here in the United States, in terms of you know. We trade, we're talking about business initiatives um, and so on and so forth. And people here in America use African products, drink African coffee, eat African food. Oftentimes they don't unnecessarily know that that's what they're doing, as an example. And so I'm really interested in some of your projects, especially the one that focuses on the agriculture and see how it impacts on young people, because as I understand it, that's a program that, that is sort of like uh, focused on young people. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Because that is very much part of the core of the uh, over African Investment Horizon campaign. 
that really has three components. One is just the broader, what I discussed, right, it's called leadership component, to just get people's mindsets focused around what are the good things that are also happening in the continent, to getting investors and investment groups, individual investors also focused on the potential in Africa, and three, and maybe most importantly, it's what we're calling this uh, initiative to make Africa, make farming cool, really get at the African youth and say, okay, guys, is farming just something that is done by those that fail at everything else? Or is farming really something that's a good business potential? We're really, we're very much aligned, for example, with the African Development Bank, with President Deshino, who's a former minister of agriculture in Nigeria, now runs the bank, where we say, right, farming as a business should be interesting. It is cool for the youth to get into. And uh, we have, in fact, teamed up with Afropop Worldwide to produce a whole series of podcasts that we're going to be calling Making Farming Cool over the next course of uh, of this year. Now, within that, there's two parts. One is getting the African youth to look and see that that farming has a business potential to be interesting and exciting. Two, on the consumer side, in the U.S., you come back in, you mentioned shea products, cocoa, you know, any number of items that come out, not only as final products, but also as components of products within, for example, the AGOA, African Growth and Opportunity Act, potential for exports to the U.S. This is also part of the market that we're trying to get the African businesses more tied into the value chain networks worldwide and into the U.S. markets. So if you get down to we really all of it is right down to say, you know what, farming is no longer a vocation. If you go today to the villages in Africa, the youth are gone. It's, you know, the farmers are basically old ladies left in the village. Everybody else is going to the cities, men and women. How do we get them now to want to come back? The only way to do it is to say, right, this is something that could be interesting, good business potential, lifestyle. These are lifestyle ways. It's a different way of looking at farming. And it's a way that we're going to have to move, you know, 75, 80, 85 percent of the population south farming down to 10, 15, you know, closer to the world standards in a way that's more productive, more interesting for the individuals, particularly for the youth. And for those that are moving off of direct farming, they're going to get into all the sort of allied, agro-allied value chain, as we call it, packaging value addition to product. It's not just raw products, it's a value addition that counts. So in all of that is where the excitement is. How many countries in Africa are you operating in or are you do you have relationships with um, ongoing relationships with? We're pretty much in all the countries and again for us it's important Africa is the continent. It's not just up there in Africa. So we have quite a strong participation, Moroccan companies, Egyptian companies also. Um if you look around while we have a strong nexus of companies within the hundred, let's say in in, in uh, Nigeria, certainly Kenya, South Africa, reflecting where the stronger economies are, we really at this point would have to say that very very few, uh, maybe South Sudan. I'd have to name a few unusual ones where we're not a, do not have membership and involvement in. But at this point, it's pretty much all the countries. So we have a new administration coming into office in Washington, D.C. in a couple of weeks. What should we expect from them with regards to your project? Or shall we change the question slightly to say, what do you expect from them? 
Well, you know, there's two things to be expected. And part of our campaign, to some extent, is almost perfectly timed with this new administration. And that is, if we're looking at the whole perception from the Trump administration here of America first, our question back is to the African leadership, both political and business, when do we say also Africa first? You know, is it not also a question of each of us in our countries, our regions, saying, what do we do best? How do we best contribute into the Because, you know, the economy of the world today is one economy. We're basically operating one market. How do we really integrate the African market more into that international value chain market, which includes the U.S.? Now, how do you get U.S. attention? It's very simple. You now have, and this is, again, part of our campaign, you now have in Africa the counterpart to the American businesses and business leaders that you did not have 10, 15, 20 years ago. You have a growing and very much growing small SMEs, uh, small, medium-sized companies. You've got now the business leaders that are counterparts. I always use the example where 15 years ago, 20 years ago, would a poultry farm out of Iowa find a counterpart to speak to on the continent. With rare exceptions, they didn't exist. It might have been big state farms or it might have been the sort of village poultry operation. No real poultry companies. That is what has changed the last 10, 15 years. You now have major, major poultry companies, an example. And interestingly enough, I'm just back from Abidjan a couple of weeks ago. We signed an agreement with the Business Owners Association of Cote d'Ivoire whose president is no other than a very large poultry operation, poultry farmer. So you see, you now have somebody to be able to do business with from the, you know, from the U.S. on the continent that you didn't have before. And that's part of the message. Mm-hmm. You know, Africa is a place you can do good business. And through good business and through investments is how we get the, the inclusive growth to finally be able to really raise the standards of living of all the people. How would you say that this initiative would benefit Americans, especially young Americans? Because we're talking about young Africans. Um, I can see how that can benefit them if you know once they get into the fold. But we have young people here too who need work, who need to be entrepreneurs, who need support as well. Um, And more importantly, we have at least uh, 40, 50 million African-Americans who have special affinity and special cultural and historical affinity with Africa. You know, how does your initiative uh, open access for them as well in, Mm -hmm. in a way that they can also, you know, create wealth? Absolutely. You know, this is where we've, why I have focused so much, and this is why in the two and a half years that I've been at IGD, you know, I come out of the agro-industrial background myself, so I know that sector. But why we focus so much on the SMEs, because if you look at traditionally the interface between U.S. and Africa on the business side has been either the large oil, gas companies, mining companies, because the opportunities weren't there for the SMEs to be able to do business. That is now where you have more and more of the opportunities. I would turn around and say to the 50 million, you know, Africans, Af- African Americans, people with the cultural affinity ties. I mean, I'm, I'm a classic one. I've done my whole life business only in Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, the opportunities is what is now there that wasn't there. Look at a continent that is right now. If you look at all the statistics, 
the only one that's got the even with all of the commodities down still has you know four or five of the ten top rising economies in the world going forward why you have big population growth there's a continent that's going from one billion to two billion over the next generation generation and a half it's a continent that's virtually going to be half urbanized so you're going to have by far the single largest market in the world on the continent. The key here becomes for the African leadership political to come together with the business leaderships and really make those markets, you know, sizable and connected, which then makes it interesting for any foreign investors coming in, Americans coming in, say, guys, here's some opportunities because we're seeing the sort of growth in our counterparts on the continent that we can do business with. That's really how the connection comes back to the U.S. The ability of, and the availability, sorry, of more and more of the SMEs that are very much like our SMEs on this side. You need shea butter, you need fruits, you need whatever it is that we might be dealing in, whether it's components of finished products or finished products, why not get into that trading? How do we do it? We also do a very special outreach to the American SMEs. So we're not just, a, but we have big companies as members, we make a big point of making sure that it's not only that. We're not a U.S. chamber of commerce. We're really looking at all size of companies, and that's how we can bring in those smaller ones and the, the younger people into the uh, into our uh, potential relationships. Now, some people are going to be listening to this program, and um, let's give them some information about how to get information about what you're doing, how to get involved. Um, yeah, pretty much. We want to get as many people in touch with you and involved in what you're doing as you know so that they too can participate so how can they uh, people listening to this program on this side of the atlantic how can we get involved how can we participate okay um absolutely i mean the very best thing we've got a very rich website just go on the uh, igdleaders.com that shows all of the advocacy campaigns all of the substantive work with the advisory all felt leadership you have a description of our team you have our email addresses. I'm more than happy. I mean, this is, you know, for me, this is beyond the vote. This is my mission here. You know, part of the reason I'm back in the U.S. is uh, so most of the time in Africa, when you come to Washington and you hear the discussions going on, you know, you get shocked at the level of, of people not knowing what's going on the continent. So any opportunity I have to speak to folks, you know, about the continent, I'm more than happy to do that also. So you have the site that has all our contacts, and we're more than happy to hear from your listeners. And I will be happy then personally or be able to staff it out to answer all their questions. Very good. As president and CEO, what is your vision for the Initiative for Global Development? My vision is to really be able to use the mechanism sort of in two directions. One, and this is part of this whole campaign, one is to educate the American side of the ocean as to really what is in fact going on in the continent. I don't want people asking me, is it safe to go to Nairobi or not? I mean, the issue is not a question of, is it safe? It's a question of what is it you like to do? What are the opportunities? That is what needs to be asked. That's the message on this side. On the, on the Africa on the flip side, we also, to some extent, and ironically here, as in, as an organization not based on the continent, although obviously our membership is heavily based there, we're a bit of a safe space for the African business voice to be able to speak back to its own political leaders and say, hey guys, 
You know, here's the kinds of best practices worldwide being practiced. And two, if these kinds of things were to be done, we can invest better. We can help the economies grow more. We can really help lift people out of poverty and make life better for all. That's the vision. Thank you very much, Dr. Nedelkovic. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and we look forward to having you back on Afrobeat Radio. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank Have you, a great day. You too. Our guest in this segment has been Dr. M.S. Nedelkovic, President and CEO of the Initiative for Global Development, IEG, a non-profit organization that engages corporate leaders to reduce poverty through business growth and investment in Africa.